Welcome to your go-to nurses podcast. I'm Beck and I'm Kiki and we're your two nursing best friends. We're here to provide you with education, support and help you feel like you're not alone on your student nursing journey. So buckle up and let's get to it. Hello, 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 hello. Hello, welcome back. <laughs> Three hellos weren't enough, four had to be it. <laughs> we needed six hellos. Mm, we are back again. It's Beck and Kiki. Back and better than ever. Your go-to nurses. <laughs> in case you didn't hear the intro. Yeah, just in case you didn't hear the intro. <laughs> it's just us. <laughs> so, We're doing a very exciting episode that I'm so excited. Kiara like. is so excited that she can't contain herself. No. And she literally just wrote like seven dot points in like less than two minutes because <laughs> she's like i need to film it right now so today's episode is actually very exciting and i think yeah. it'll be a really good one it's so good that we don't really even have a title yet yeah we haven't quite thought of one but basically it's all going to be all about code blues yeah so how to be involved in them and how to navigate a code blue as a student yeah and we'll go over like we'll do a rundown of what a code blue is like what you know, what it means when we say a code blue because different places have different meanings. Yeah. Like it's a met call. So like yeah. a code blue in other places I think is like full cardiac arrest kind of vibes. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we're talking vibes. like <laughs> vibes. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking like met call or like emergency response or yeah. that sort of vibe. So the criteria for a code or a met – oh, sorry, I had a hiccup um, – is going to be – Different depending on each um, facility. So that's our little disclaimer is always follow your own facility policy and procedures as you would with everything. Yeah. And like use your first like day or week or whatever to if you are unsure of how a code operates, ask. And like if you're unsure of what the different terminology means, like if they use like, you know, code black, code blue. Staff assist, met call, yeah. like just just get um get like an understanding of what's know going your codes, on, guys. Yeah, <laughs> don't just assume. Oh, code blue, they're doing CPR. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we call it a code blue um for any sort of met call. If it's like yeah. a full like cardiac arrest situation, mm. we'll we'll just be like, nah, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> Which kind of leads into our first little bit is when we call a met or when we call a code blue, it's for any sort of deterioration requiring an emergency response. So not a situation where you're like, oh, you know, this blood pressure is a bit low, but I'll just page the team or the doctors to review it. It's like, I need the doctor here. I need more. I need hands. I need help. Yeah. So this could be anything like a patient's had a fall with, either a loss of consciousness or anything like that. Lots of blood. Or <laughs> lots of blood, lots no of good. Lots of blood, no good. <laughs> um, a seizure, chest pain, like a really, really low blood pressure, like a vasovagal response, especially yeah. those of you who have worked on a lot of orthopedic wards and like post-op and stuff like yeah. that. It's very, very common. Um, so those are like just a few scenarios, but yeah. Or even if you like, the biggest thing is when you're worried about a patient, I've called countless codes for when I'm not happy with how my patient is. If they are unwell and chest drains, chest drains are Something's the bane going of wrong. my existence. We had a chest drain a couple of weeks ago and my finger was hovering on the code bell. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 that's a fine. <laughs> but we were very concerned and we even spoke to the doctor about it at the time and we said, hey, like, this is what's happened. And he said we never would have ever questioned if you coded this. Yeah. We were just yeah. lucky he was walking part. Like, we were very lucky. 
And like, so you'll have like your buttons on the walls, like you have a staff assist button yep. and that's not a code blue button. So the staff assist button is basically, you just need an emergency response from mm-hmm. anyone who's on the ward at the time. So like yeah. if there's doctors, if there's like nurses, all the nurses have to go to the staff assist mm-hmm. um, and then it'll escalate to a code blue if it's something that's necessary. Yeah. Like, so or, usually your coordinator will come down and you'll communicate and be like, this is what's happened. Yeah. And you'll make that, you know, group decision as to, yep, yeah, she's in code or he's in code code criteria or we're worried about this patient yeah and, and then there's another now. button for code yeah. blue and you have to dial yeah. five five and all of that so yeah like that sort of situation is if you are you know if you're in a room doing a set of obs and a patient falls mm-hmm. don't hesitate just to, to touch yeah. the staff assist button yeah. like even if it's an accident would rather it be an accident or yeah. rather it be a situation that you didn't necessarily mm. need it like yeah i've had someone call a staff assist when a patient was just walking towards them because they were intimidated by them and yeah. i was like you know what if you felt I've worried i've never been angry at someone for ever pressing yeah, a staff assist neither so don't ever hesitate obviously if you do someone's blood pressure it's like 90 on 50 don't you know just yeah. let your nurse know first before yeah. you're going to do it. But yeah, within reason. But yeah, I mean, I had a student um, press a staff assist because someone's cannula popped out and there was blood everywhere. So, I mean, like, yeah, don't be afraid. Yeah, I mean, exactly. you need the help. You need the hands at that time. I called one as a student when a patient actually <laughs> had an IV and she was circling around me. She was a confused lady circling around me and wrapped me up in her IV <laughs> and we both fell down. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that was fun. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh at that, but I've just like got a visual of you <laughs> laughing like, at my trauma, <laughs> yes. wrapped up with a patient. On the I'll floor. just add in that um, there was we were, it was in a four bedded room, and um, there was a consultant in the room at the time doing a lumbar puncture on a different patient. Oh my gosh! And yeah, it was so like any hectic scenario. Yeah, and, and you, you are help. you need someone right then and there. You will get someone right then and there if you press that yep. little yellow button. Little yeah. yellow button. One little button. Sometimes well, I wish I had the button everywhere. Problems will be solved. Yeah, these beautiful nurses will run in the ward, run in the room and say, How Not gracefully. Are you okay, darling? <laughs> me running to a code is making sure my badge doesn't hit uh-huh. me in the face. I don't run. <laughs> I just stroll. Just a light stroll. Yeah. Anyway, so once a staff assist or like if you've just straight away code blued someone, because you can also do that immediately. Yeah. Um, once that has been activated, um, there is an obviously a big alarm that goes off. And you will have a lot of things happen all at once and you'll have a lot of people walking or running or jogging or strolling to a room. (laughs) You have like doctors, nurses, orderlies, like pretty much anyone around because it Mm. is an emergency. So you need immediate response and you need people instantly. So Mm. sometimes bystanders. I've been in a lot of codes where there's just random people and I'm like, please don't. Yeah. Yeah. They're curious. I've had people walk out of rooms before and be like, What's going on in that room? Yeah. And I've had to say, it's an emergency. Please stay in the room. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, as students, you guys can get yeah, onto that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Or if there's like family members that yeah. are really panicked. like Navigate I've had, them out. Like yeah. especially in serious codes, like when you have like awful things happening, which we've definitely had. Family members have no idea what to do, mm. what to think, what to say. Yeah. And they are honestly just shocked. And mm-hmm. so if you've got like the confidence to go up and talk to them and just make sure they're okay, like you don't have to tell them anything that's going on. Yeah. You don't have to explain to them what you think's going on, nothing like that. Just being there for them and just letting them know that we're doing the best that we can. Yeah. And just be like, do you want to come with me? Yeah. Um, let's get a cup of coffee yeah. and let's let the doctors, nurses and Yeah. Because a lot of time like so-and-so. people don't want to be seeing it and that's completely fine. I've, so. I've been in a code where there was a family member who was adamant on being involved and didn't want to be removed from the room and I was the one who ended up having to say look we need space we need time to give your so-and-so as much of 
our skills and time that we can, I said, could you please come with me? So yeah. don't be rude about it. And yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that you guys will be, but you've got to be upfront and you've got to be like, we need to be working on this. So you need to give us the space to do it. Because she was quite like, I mean, we were trying to cannulate and she was sitting there like, what are you doing? What is this? Why are we doing this? Like, in the nicest way possible, we're all task based in a code. Although we're communicating, we need the, we can't be worrying about this family member's watching me cannulate their, their dad yeah. or their mum or so on. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Fun <laughs> Exactly. So, the first things that will happen with a code is the alarm will go off and it will usually be advertised in all the paging systems mm-hmm. that a code blue has been activated and you'll have doctors from different wards, different areas, all coming to that one room for you. Like especially mm-hmm. if it's their team or they've been paged or like sometimes you require ED response like or ICU response depending yeah. on what hospital you're in. Um, and so there'll be lots of people walking and even if you're navigating them to where, like what yeah. room that you're going to, like that's mm-hmm. helpful. Like Especially if it's your first day and you don't know yeah, what's happening. Exactly. Stand out the room but like, like, hey, it's an A bed. Yeah, exactly. Because like, like people will walk in the ward, and we do have like the trolley that goes out, like outside the room or in the room, and we're supposed to have like a little like light that flashes yeah. that it's says like, what room we're in. Have you ever seen those movies where like the police put those little lights on top of their roofs? <laughs> Is that what yeah. it reminds you of? That's exactly what it reminds <laughs> yeah. me of. But it's a blue light. <laughs> yeah, but it's like it's all for alerting people where the code is. And if like someone hasn't put that light out or the trolley's not out there or like everyone's in a mad rush and they're in the room, having someone at the front desk just being like, oh, it's this way. Like, yeah. go this way, please. <laughs> Thank yeah. you very or much. Or pull curtains, like give the patient privacy because yeah. that's not what we're thinking of at yeah, yeah, that time. Yeah, exactly. Um, but obviously, you guys have the time and space to do that. Yeah. So. In saying that, if you are doing a task, don't stop and pull the curtains. <laughs> Finish the but task. Hang on. Kiara told me to pull the curtains. <laughs> You're I've got to stop doing this ECG, so I'm just going to pull the curtains. <laughs> no, um, but like things that will be happening will be like someone will be getting the trolley, like the, um, the code blue or the emergency trolley. Someone will be a scribe, so they'll be yeah. like a piece of paper and they'll be like, they're basically like the team leader. Mm-hmm. you'll have a runner like you have hopefully have a few runners that will all be yeah. like if anything needs grabbing like medication needs grabbing that's not in the room like they'll be running and getting that mm-hmm. someone will be setting up doing obs someone will be doing blood sugar someone like the scribe will be like designating roles like yeah. oh like kiara can you get the respirate please yeah and then kiara will be like yes and then she'll take the respirate and then she'll mm-hmm. let, like tell the scribe once she's got it and then they will also be having the ECG. So, like, obviously everything's going to be different depending on what code it is. But for the most part, those things will all be happening at the same time. So Yeah, it's pretty hectic and it all happens at the same, like, within seconds of each other. Yeah. But you'll usually find everyone just kind of takes on a role. Usually you'll coordinate and the primary nurse of the patient will take on that team leader role until, you know, the doctors arrive. Um, And then we'll go from there. Um, <laughs> just ignore that in the background there. <laughs> um, so yeah, you'll you'll kind of not assume, but you'll kind of see. Okay, that that's what that person is doing. But you'll always keep an A to E approach with everything. Um, yeah, absolutely. And read the room, guys. Yeah, <laughs> but if it's your first code, like, and you have no idea what mm. to do or what to expect, and you have no idea where anything is, don't be afraid to literally just sneak in the room up against a wall. And sit there and observe and yeah, gain a watch. knowledge and an understanding of how the code operates. Or yeah. like, and just have a mental note. Okay, someone's doing an ECG. Mm-hmm. Oh, someone's doing a blood sugar. Like, and, and watch just, how it's all done. Yeah. So that way, when you have another code that happens, you can be like, oh, I remember so-and-so did an ECG. So maybe I'll go get the ECG machine yeah. and bring it just in case. Like, even if you go and get something and bring it out the room, 
just in case they mm-hmm. might need it, it's going to be so helpful to be like, if someone yells out, oh, can we get an ECG? You can be like, oh, I've actually got it already and bring it in. Like, yeah. So don't be afraid of doing little jobs like that because like, that would be so helpful. Yeah, which um, we recently had a code on the ward of <laughs> anyone who watched our last episode, this is the cliffhanger. Yeah, <laughs> this is the cliffhanger. I'm so excited because I haven't even heard this story. <laughs> um, it, was, it was actually one of the scariest codes I've been in for some time. It was a young lady who... Um, was having a seizure. So backstory was she didn't have her um, – she's known epileptic, didn't have her meds and so on and so forth, had a seizure. Um, but it was one of the nursing students who actually found it and initiated the code blue. Wow. Yeah, so she was in the room at the time and this student's been on our ward for about two weeks now. She's really, really good. Um, and she was – it wasn't even that she was so involved in it. It was she stood up and she spoke up when she needed to. Yeah. And she was like, she pressed the staff assist button. Her buddy nurse obviously ran out and was like, what's happening? And then we all arrived. Um, but her first instinct was automatically protecting the patient, rails up, protecting the head, had her in the recovery because she was like obviously needed quite a bit of suctioning at the time. Yeah. Um, so pretty much throughout that whole code, she was there supporting the patient. Um obviously, with what I've just said. Um, And it wasn't even so that she was doing something task-orientated, but it was that she did not leave that patient's bedside. And I was in absolute awe. I was like, that is amazing that she was at that patient's bed until we were like, let's And she felt like confident enough to be like in there and involved in it rather than just being like, oh, activate the staff assist, but then I'm going to leave. Like it's so good that she had the confidence to be like, actually, I'm going to stay so I know what to do because she'll never, ever, ever forget Mm. that experience. A hundred percent. And I remember walking in and I don't know, my initial response whenever I walk into a code is what's happening and what's the patient's history. Especially when it's a patient you know nothing about, it's my automatic thing is what is that and then your obviously systematic approach to it all yeah. and she was the one who spoke up and she was like this patient is having a um, tonic-clonic seizure which is what it was in the end um and wasn't even afraid to stand up doctors she spoke to um i think there was like surgical and medical doctors in the room fully with so much confidence spoke to them and it was amazing to see yeah that's so it's so good but like also if you don't feel confident like yeah. that don't like feel like you have to yeah and if you don't feel confident just relay the information to your buddy nurse yeah exactly and And if you've got something of importance like I remember when I had a code like it was one of my first codes and I was like the patient was it was something to do with their oxygen requirements oh that's right they were they were coding this lady because her oxygen kept dropping they still had her on nasal prongs and I remember like just thinking in my head, she's a mouth breather. Like she's mm. not breathing through her nose because she like I'd been with her for a few days and yeah. I was watching her for a few days and she literally just only breathed through her mouth. And I just like I was sitting there and I was like so nervous about speaking up. And finally I was like, well, she's actually breathing through her mouth. So I don't think she'd be getting much oxygen through her nasal prongs. Yeah. And they changed her to a Hudson mask and her stats went up straight away and mm. they could stand down the code. And like. I was so nervous. I remember literally yeah. shaking. But like that knowledge that you have from being with someone for a few days and knowing mm. these certain things about them is yeah. going to help so much. And don't be afraid to speak up because all that information is helpful. And when you're in a code, there's so many different people that not everyone is on the same wave of thinking. So like Beck said, she was obviously observing, whereas a lot of the doctors or nurses or something were, were so task orientated yeah. that they probably didn't pick up on the fact that, hold on, this patient's actually not, you know, breathing through their nose or yeah. anything like that. 
Um, so yeah, don't be afraid to pick up on little things you've noticed. Even if you think, oh, it's actually not going to be helpful. It might be. Yeah. Like, yeah. Even if like you don't have the confidence to speak it up loud, like whisper it to somebody, yeah. like just pull someone aside that's not mm. doing something be like, hey, look, I've noticed this. Is this relevant? Do you think yeah. I should bring it up? And if you're nervous, gravitate to someone that you're comfortable with. Yeah, exactly. Like, and the scribe, like the scribe, depending on what situation you're in, oftentimes the scribe will be sitting there like designating roles and like taking down obs and stuff like that. So they're always a good person to kind of gravitate towards Yeah, because they have an understanding of what's going on and yeah. they can be the voice if you need it. So yeah. if you need to say, oh, to the scribe, like, oh, hey, like, la-da-da, Mm-hmm. They can voice it for you if you're yeah. not confident enough to. So, And definitely use your time if, like Beck said, if it's your first week, second week, or it doesn't even matter how long you've been on the ward or where you are in your placement. If you're not comfortable to be physically involved in the code, stand back. Speak yep. to the scribe. I mean, we yep. covered this in our last episode, but I will say it again. Stand back and be like, hey, do you mind if I watch or do, I, do you mind if I help you? Because like, like before, you might pick up on something else. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, actually, like the oxygen's now, like it could be like a completely different code. But, oh, I've noticed the oxygen's now 88%. Maybe we should increase the oxygen requirements. Yeah. You're going to yeah. pick up on these little things, okay? So yeah. like, you guys do need to be there too. Yeah. You don't need to. That's a bit, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit dramatic. You need to be there now. But like literally, even if you're sitting like with your back up against the wall as long as you're not going to faint well if you are going to faint back up into a wall and slide down sit up against the wall and sit but like stand with the scribe or stand like somewhere where you can actually see everything that's going on don't stand behind a curtain don't stand outside the room like Mm. obviously if it's a packed situation it's a really tense situation yeah fine to maybe stand outside the room if you feel like it's if it's necessary if you want to as well yeah, absolutely take notes. Like, like, I always had a little, um, I was like clipboard, not a clipboard, a little, po- what are those little things called? little notebook. That's yeah. the word I'm looking yeah. for. I had a little notebook on me as a student all the time and, you know, write things down and then go up to the scribe at the end and be like, this is what I picked up. Did you get all of this? Or, yeah, yeah. Because um, scribing, I don't know if you guys have done it, but it's intense. Yeah. I personally don't like it because... I had to scribe for a seizure once and oh, it was the scariest thing. screams at you and you're like, oh! Especially because, like, with seizures, like, if you're in a seizure out of, like, whoever never... And whoever never... Whoever knows what you're going to be involved in. But seizures are the most important thing is to get the time that the seizure starts yeah. and ends. And a lot of the time, like this, that's the scribe's role. But the scribe is also trying to designate so many other things that if they may be inexperienced or maybe they haven't done many mm-hmm. seizures before, like they might not get that exact accurate like time. And it is such an important aspect of seizures. Yeah. So even if the only thing you do is write down times that are happening, like things that are happening, even if you don't voice it in that Im- like immediate kind of situation afterwards, when they're going through the paperwork, when they're going yeah. through things, you or if they're handing over it. to anyone, they can be like, oh, I actually don't remember how long the seizure was. And you could be like, oh, well, actually it started at like 13.55 and ended at 13.57. Mm. Like, so you can be, you know, yeah, you can say, I've got this, you know. Yeah, which also leads us to uh, communication. Communication in a code is number one. Like I yeah. can't stress that enough in the, like speaking from, because, you know, it was the most recent code I've had, so it's in my brain. Um we had another student, not the one who was supporting the patient. She was kind of our runner. Um, and she did amazing as well, which like I'll add her into the little scenario. <laughs> she was really, really great because at the start, it was a new patient who just come up from a different ward and we weren't too sure exactly what was going on. So we were running through our things systematically. Like once we had had her airway good, mm. we knew she was breathing. We'd, we'd done circulation. We were kind of moving on to our disability aspect and we were like, let's do a blood sugar. 
because she, she was seizing, obviously, we couldn't get an accurate finger prick. And every time I kept trying to prick her fingers, it just wasn't working for me. So I ended up moving to her toes. And she was just there. Like, she literally was just reading my mind somehow. Like, she was in my brain. And she just had things just readily. Like, here's a few prickers. Like, bang, bang, yeah. bang. Yeah. Um, so small things. Like, she knew, okay, blood sugar, this needs to be done. Yeah. Um, in saying that, she didn't just read my mind. Like, I did communicate with her. And I just said, hey, can you please get me this? But she did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and probably the reason why she was able to do that is because <laughs> um, she used her spare time <laughs> to find out where things are. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, communication in a code is so important, but not just communicating as an I'll do this, closed communication, as in Beck blood pressure is 110. Beck says, okay. So she understands that I've relayed that information yeah. to her. It needs to be, you can't just scream out and be like, I need an airway. Yeah. In like, again, in the code, she did, she did need some adjunct like support. Yeah. And it was like, oh, our immediate response, like, all right, let's grab a Goodell. Cause that was what, what was within my scope. Um, and then one of the nurses said, no, she's clenching. She's not going to tolerate it. So I was like, all right, I need a nasopharyngeal airway now. Yeah. And I had someone readily available because I said, so-and-so, can you get me this airway? Yeah. And they were there. They grabbed it and we were able to, you know, progress from there. Yeah. Another one is like, if you are like, if you are going to be the runner in a code, if like the scribe or someone says to you, oh, can you please go and get, um, you know, some I mean you're probably not going to be asked to go get medication but can you please go get some Keppra and can you let me know when you're back so that like that's like closed communication Mm -hmm. as well like where you are telling exactly what you want and making sure that when they come back they'll let you know because like I've been in codes before that you'd be like oh can you go get another ops machine Mm -hmm. and they'll never come back and you're like well yeah like or they'll come back and they will they won't like speak up so you don't know that they're back and you're too yeah. like task oriented to be like, oh, the obs machine's in the corner over there that I asked for. Like yeah, let exactly. people know when you're back, just voice up, just have yeah. a voice. Or even if you notice things like when when in the code we were like, she needs IV medaz and someone was able like, yep, she's got a cannula in her left arm. Yeah. Speak up. Yeah. Like, yep, that's what's happening. And yep. then I remember the doctors kept saying like, where's the medaz, where's the medaz? When you walk in, I've got the medaz, stand back so I can give it. Like, yeah. You need to be a, not rude, but you need to assertive. be assertive. Yeah. yeah, You need to be like, I've got this. Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like one of the best tips that Kiara has written down here, Kiara wrote down most of these <laughs> tips. Um, Can you tell I'm excited for them? Yeah. <laughs> is use your spare time to go through the resus trolley and know what's in it. So like every day the resus trolley should be checked. Yeah. So you can like, you can do that. Like there is no reason why you can't do that. Um, and if you don't know something, ask. Like yeah. even when I started my grad program, I would I would go through the resource trolley and I would mm. ask, oh my gosh, I pestered so many people. I'd be <laughs> like, what's this? What's this? And what's this? And yeah. like I would you like bring things everything. out. And like have a look at what it is. Don't just be like, oh, I don't know what that is. It doesn't matter. Like because, yeah. you know, if you're in a code where you need a nasal pharyngeal airway mm. and you, you don't know, know what that is, yeah. like imagine if you could be like, Oh yeah, I know exactly where that is. Yeah. The resource trolley is open. You grab it and you give it. Like and it's yeah. just like it's and you so need to helpful. Know what's involved in it? Like, yeah. Oh yep, I need that airway, but I also need some lube as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just but like by going through the resource trolley and just having like a slight understanding of what like the how it's laid out, what's actually in there, so you know that like you know if you need something else that's a, not in the resource trolley, you can mm. go get it and yeah. have it ready. Like obviously an ECG machine isn't going to yeah. be in I mean, a resource trolley. In a perfect trolley. world, everything would be in there, but it's not. Yeah. And sometimes it's little things that you need that 
I don't know, a crepe bandage. Yeah. And it's like, it's yeah. not in the trolley. Or like I an need IV it. dot. Yeah, like the littlest things. Yeah. Um, that you, so, yeah, I whenever I have students, I grab them. I'm like, yep. If Even flushes. Like spare time. Flushes, alco wipes. Oh, my like, God, guys. If you, depending on your hospital, our hospital doesn't have like the um, posi flush. Yeah. Like they're already drawing the budget cuts. Um, <laughs> um, so, even if you're like in, a, like in the code, just drop a few flushes. I mean, obviously yeah. within your scope. Um, but hey, I've got two 10 mil North Saline flushes. Do it yeah. with someone um, if that's like within your scope again. Um, but yeah, just like, yep. Here they are, ready. Yeah, so literally. There's nothing worse than when you try to do something and the cannula's not flushing or you can't get a flush and yeah. you're fumbling around. Yeah. And, <laughs> and like that's why it's so important to make sure your patient's cannulas are patent yes. when you're looking after them because you never know what's going to happen. Yep. And if you flush a cannula every shift, which is what you're supposed to do, you'll know that you've got a patent cannula. Yep. Like obviously things change and cannulas will all of a sudden just tissue and it's like a nightmare. But for the yep. most part, if you can be like, all right, I know that line's patent. Like yeah. that's one of the like most important things sometimes is just having access to the patient. Mm. But that's when your basic nursing skills come in handy. Like say yeah. you showered that person that morning, you can be like, oh, they have a sh- they have a cannula in their yeah, left Yeah, exactly. Hand. You've like, done a skin assessment. Yeah, you you've know, picked like, up on these yeah, things. Yeah, so. exactly. Mm, very exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, another thing I do really like, want a little, what a little, want a little, what a little. Um, <laughs> cover on is work within your scope guys um as much as you want to be involved in doing everything don't whip some adrenaline out of the trolley and give it like i'm not saying you're going to i really hope no one tries to whip some adrenaline out of the trolley and try to give it just you then obviously you gotta do it's like a low blood pressure yeah just give them some adrenaline (laughs) so be involved but not overly involved there is um Obviously, everyone has their own roles and everyone has like a systematic approach to everything in a code and you'll pick on that, pick up on that the more you guys are involved with them. Um, but yeah, just work within your scope and voice your scope as well. So, yeah. so that everyone knows. Hence, that's why if you watched our 10 top tips for placement, you would know if you had your scope in your pocket, <laughs> you would easily know what it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know exactly what you can do in a code or any other situation yeah. because yeah. you're aware of your scope. It's very important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds boring, but it's important. It is. Yeah, it's boring, but it is important. And it's very satisfying. Yeah, it is. You want to be that person who's like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, and it literally it will stop you from mm. having to stand outside the room and mm. be not a part of it. Like yeah. even like I, I remember multiple codes when I was a nursing student and there was other students on the ward and they would automatically go to stand outside the room yeah and i felt uncomfortable because they were standing outside the room for me Mm. to go in but you just got to do it yeah get get involved get experience and live laugh and love (laughs) (laughs) anyway um my baby's woken up so kiara's gonna finish this episode for us is she now um i'm gonna go get him thank you so much for listening to my voice and kiara's gonna finish and she's gonna do amazing and i'm so excited for her bye guys finishing this episode back where's that going (laughs) all right i can't believe she's just left me like that because she knows how nervous i get on these things especially being alone um i think we have covered a lot of what we wanted to cover i'm i'm listening to lb crying in the background and i feel feel for him um what else can we go with yeah, just be confident, know what you're doing, know your scope um, and be involved. But then again, every code's going to be different. So be involved but know when to stand back and let everyone else get in. 
Um, I'm not too sure if there's anything else on Beck wanted to cover or add to the podcast. She's nodding. She's no, she's not nodding. She's shaking her head for me. And Elby looks so cute. But yeah, we just want to thank you guys for listening. Um, and if there's anything else you guys want us to cover or go over a more in-depth approach to a code blue, let us know. Message us. You know where to find us. <laughs> and that's about it. Thank you guys so much. See you later.